or they make it, it sounds like a scary situation. And then the father of the yield curve. I'm sure Lauren could geek out a little on the yield curve, right? Got Something you get excited some about, Lauren? Got, got some things. Yeah, you got some things. He's got some things. He's kind of holding them close to the vest. I get that. The timer's going. Yep, anytime. All right, here we go. Understanding how the economy tends to evolve, I, we would put the number around maybe 25 to 30% chance uh, of a recession. If I had to pick a, a date for the next uh, recession, it would be sometime in 2020. I don't think there's any recession in sight. Economists are like weather forecasters. Weather forecasters can go out a few days. Uh, economists can go out months. Welcome to Retiring Today, the show that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, your host, along with Lauren Merkel, certified financial planner, axe thrower, and father to the amazing Jace, and Rochelle Smith. She's producer extraordinaire, web developer, graphics guru. Lauren, is there anything Rochelle can't do? No, pretty much not. I know she runs a Co lot of things. <laughs> she runs oh. a lot of things in association with this podcast, including our topic today, a recession resistant retirement. So if only, if only I was a soothsayer or a psychic, I would know when the next recession was hitting. If only. If only the greatest uh, retirement planners of all times, like Lauren, knew when the recession was hitting. If only. <laughs> if only <laughs> Wall Street could tell us it's coming. If only. Okay, so if only is the question we can't answer today. So we're just going to be up front and say we're not going to tell you when the next recession is hitting. Just to prove the point, I downloaded an app last night called the Crystal Ball. I've asked the Crystal Ball one question already. I asked it if my husband was planning a surprise birthday party for me. What is that? Um, the Crystal Ball said it does not look good. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually okay. He's just been so vague about what we're doing for my birthday. And this is a very type A planny planerson. So the vagueness is either really a product of him being kind of busy right now, coaching football and some stuff like that. And he really is like, oh, we'll do whatever. Or it's either one extreme or the other. Did or he's got like an epic party plan. Did you ask him if he has a plan? I said, why are plan? you being so vague about my party? This is so unlike you or about my party. I'm using the word party now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, there's going to be a party. <laughs> Jump to party. Well, I'm going to have a party. Might be a party for one, but anyways, his answer was still way too vague for his personality. Vagueness is not, he does not do vague. Okay. So back to the crystal ball. I asked it about my 40th. Doesn't look like I'm getting a surprise party, but uh, that's okay. Now we're going to ask the crystal ball. Will there be a recession in 2020? And 2020 is important because why, Lauren? 2020 is important because of a number of things. And we're going to work some of these into the show today. First is on average, a recession happens 22 months after the inverted yield curve. So what happened this year, early this year, the, the yield curve inverted. But also 2020 is when we had the presidential election. And a lot of times some rockiness into the rockiness creeps into the stock market in the year that we have the presidential election, especially as polarized as this country is today. There's a lot of back and forth. Uh, both parties are going at it head to head. That creates uncertainty in the market. Wall Street, the markets hate uncertainty, which creates that rockiness. And trade negotiations uh, have something to do with that as well. Well, all the international conflicts as well with China, North Korea, uh, Iran, 
you know, Saudis. I mean, it, there's so much uncertainty, not only domestically, but also internationally. Also, we haven't had a recession since 2008. On average, recessions happen every five and a half years. We're working on 11. Eventually, it's going to happen. So, yay, why not 2020? Okay, so right here on Retiring Today, we're going to ask the crystal ball. The app I downloaded says, first, ask your question. So, will there be a recession in 2020? Then you rub the crystal ball, which is just kind of fun. P.S. If you want to try to find this app, it's kind of fun. And then you read your answer. It says, it is decidedly so. So... There you have it, the crystal ball. The reality is trying to predict a recession is about as reliable as a crystal ball app. I just got chills. (laughs) We now know when the recession is going to happen. I feel like we need to announce it to the world. Um, We're going to be doing a big marketing campaign around this. I I wonder what would happen if we asked it the same thing again. Well, now now you're just getting too technical, Rochelle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I feel like we're going to be Dr. Doom next. So Dr. Doom is the guy who is supposedly predicting all these different recessions, right? Dr. Mm. Doom says the recession is going to happen in 2020. So where's the next Dr. Doom? The countdown is officially on, apparently. Canaccord Genuity's Tony Dwyer says the clock is now ticking on a recession and the market peak. 24 months, zero days. Okay, well, we'll have to work on work on a podcast about that. But for today, we're going to talk about your retirement and how to make it recession resistant. And I'm going to try to say that as clearly as I can every time we say recession, recession resistant, but we're off to a great start. You know what we mean? I mean, what we mean, actually, I'm not saying you know what we mean, we're gonna tell you what we mean. What we mean is you've saved, you've worked hard for 30, 40, maybe 50 years, and you've got a portfolio put together, Lauren, and you don't want to see it derailed by a recession. Well, that's the thing is that all these retirement plans we're putting together, most most of the people that we're working with, they have two main risks, two main risks of their retirement plan not working out. One is if their expenses increase to a level that they can't afford it. And the biggest part of that risk is long-term care, right? If, if they need an extra $10,000 a month when they're 75 years old, that can change things. So we have to plan for that. The other big risk is what if their portfolio loses 40 to 50% this next recession, right? They're either in retirement or they're 12 months, 24 months away from retirement, and they lose 40 to 50% of their life savings, this pot of money that they've been saving for the last 30 to 40 years. Not only is that emotionally devastating to be so close to retirement, have it just evaporate like that, but also from a practicality standpoint, they want to maintain the same style of life uh, that they've always had. And in retirement, if they have 40% less of what they had 12 months before or what they were planning on having, that really changes retirement. And Lauren, you've been helping people plan retirements for about 20 years. So you've seen how this market goes up and goes down and what it can do to to portfolios. And I've heard you talk a lot about, I think, 2001, when there were people that were, were really hit hard. I started in this industry doing planning in 1998. This was, you guys may remember this, this was a high-flying 90s where uh, my my mentors in the industry they were talking about how you could you could put up the Wall Street Journal sheet on a wall and in the Wall Street Journal it shows you all the different stocks right you could pick it up you could you can give a monkey a dart have the monkey throw the dart at the wall pick it and it would land on a stock you could buy that stock and it would make a ton and of money. make money okay because things were just I mean it was high flying late nineties um, and then two thousand happened and that's when the tech bubble took place. And then 9-11 in 2001, that really upset the markets as well. And then we had 2002. So from 2000, 2001, 2002, that was three consecutive negative years. So people who were trying to retire within that time frame, it really derailed their retirement. 
there was a lot of people that were very unsuccessful retiring, even if they had advisors on their team, because most people, nobody predicted 9-11, right? Most people didn't predict or didn't insulate themselves from the tech bubble. And it, it really upset retirements. And then I know you guys remember the last recession and they've coined the last recession, the great recession, because it was even worse we had more losses in a shorter period of time than we did in 2000, 2001, 2002. And again, we saw the same phenomenon all over again. Is that 2008 you're talking about there? Yeah. Yeah. And we saw the same thing all over again. People who wanted to retire couldn't. People who did retire had to come out. They had to change their lifestyle. And what we don't want to do, what we're, we're trying to insulate from our families is them going through that when this next recession happens. So whether it is 2020 or 2021, or 2019, whenever it is, they have to make sure that their recession, their portfolio is recession resistant, and it's not going to impact their retirement in a way like it did most people in 2008 and 2001. Okay, so any any consumption of news that you might have, you're going to see something about the recession, especially on a lot of the business sites. We, we look at Forbes, and we look at a lot of different sites here inside the Merkle Retirement Planning Offices, and they're taking polls. They're asking Americans, how do you feel about a recession? And the basics of, of one of the ones that we're looking at shows that about 50% of respondents see a major recession right around the corner, and that is an increase from a year ago. Yeah. So we've been talking about this for a long time. I remember 2015 was really when people started talking about this recession that's going to happen just around the corner. People started to go to cash in 2015. Um, And so we've been talking about it. It just it's like a snowball, right? The more it rolls, the bigger it gets. And that's really what we're seeing right now. And this is the culmination or that that survey is a culmination of this snowball effect. Does that mean or I guess the question is, is does that really influence when the next recession will happen? Absolutely not. But it also, I think, indicates that it's on the mind of investors. And if you're in the accumulation or the working ears, I would say you're probably less worried because you have more time to catch up. But if I'm five or 10 years out from retirement, I think you, your interest should be at least a, a little more peaked when you hear the words recession. For the people that we work with, that we do our planning with, the pre-retirees, the retirees, they're concerned about it. They should be concerned about it. Um, but when we put together the plans, those fears kind of diminish and the concerns are still there from a, from a health standpoint of the economy. Because when this happens, the economy is going to go into a, a, a negative spiral. Remember back in the 2008, we had banks going under uh, we had legacy companies like Bear Stearns, uh, Lehman Brothers, who went bankrupt. So the economy, the United States was suffering. But just because the economy, the market, the United States suffers doesn't mean your retirement portfolio has to be in a position where it's going to change your lifestyle in retirement. So that's the pre-retirees, retirees, as long as they prepare for it, they put the appropriate plans in place, the fears should should not be as great as what they what, what a lot of fears are people are expressing. And then we have the other, the other, the younger, in, you know, 30, 40 year olds. They can take advantage of it because they're still putting into their employer plans. They're still putting into their IRAs. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing for them. And they still have a lot of time on their side. Rochelle, are you ready for Lauren to kind of geek out with maybe like a whiteboard and a dry erase marker? Yep. Uh, he loves himself a good chart. Yep. Lauren loves a good, he you really know, what, more specifically, Lauren loves a good graph. Well, you know, it's the visuals. <laughs> you know, if, if you, well, but it's uh, not pretty. <laughs> I'd rather well, see I, flowers uh, for visuals. Okay. If, if I took art school or something, you know, is that what you're talking about? As you don't like my graphs? Well, you don't I like mean, my writing? 
Well, it's not your writing. I mean, they could just have, you know. Irony does suck. It does, it but. Does. <laughs> Rochelle's a graphic artist. So what Rochelle does is Lauren has a vision and Rochelle makes it look pretty. So that's the relationship I, I, here. I am his Disney animator. There you go. So, Very so good. So Lauren is Disney and I, I just build whatever he sees. We, we, I'm telling you, we got to get a camera up in here and it, it would it would really make this podcast come to life. <laughs> <laughs> to see the look if, they're if we, shooting each other. No, I'm just kidding. If, if we could have the visuals along <laughs> with the content. Okay. So let's pretend, if we will, Lauren's got his whiteboard and his marker. Uh, and we're talking about the yield curve indicator. By the way, the father of the yield curve indicator. What a title that would be to have. Mm -hmm. The father of the yield curve indicator says, now is the time to prepare for a recession. It's a Duke University professor, Cam professor Campbell Harvey, says the bond yield curve is flashing code red, Lauren. Oh my. Should we be scared? It, well, flashing code red. What that means is that when you come to the intersection, you have to stop. You have to wait for everybody to go by, and then you get to go again. Right. So it doesn't mean you have to stop and then it's the end of the world. The yield curve indicator, this, this, is, this is one of those. So there's a lot of leading indicators. There's a lot of lagging indicators that technicians of the stock market will look at to try to predict the movements of the, the stock market. Now, nobody has been able to successfully, in the history of the market, been able to successfully repeat their analysis, their method of analysis, time and time again to be accurate. And the yield curve is the same way. So what this yield curve technique looks at is from the time that the, and traditionally it's been the two-year yield curve versus the 10-year yield curve. So if the two-year yield, tre two-year treasury is paying 1.5% and the 10-year treasury is paying 1.4%, that's an inverted yield curve because the 10-year treasury should be paying in a normal environment more if you're going to lock your money up for 10 years, you're going to want a bigger return than if you lock it up for only two years. Okay, I'm following. Just like if you go to a bank and if you lock it up for a five-year CD, you want a bigger return on your money than if you only lock it up for 12 months. But this year, we saw the yield curve invert. And historically, if we look back at the last seven recessions, there it has um, a recession has taken place after the yield curve, curve inverted. Now, here's the thing about recessions is they happen. They always happen. They always will happen because the market's very cyclical. It goes up and down. So is it just a coincidence that the market, that we go into a recession after the yield curve, or is there something really there to indicate when this recession is going to happen? Now, on average, after the yield inverts, the recession happens every 22 months on average. But sometimes it's been 12 months. Sometimes it's been longer than 22 months. You know, and again, on average, historically, recessions happen every five and a half years. So is it is it more of a coincidence, right? The yield curve inverted May of this year. So does that mean in 2020, it's there's going to be a recession? I could check with my crystal ball. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's what it says. So now we have the crystal ball and we have the, the inverted yield curve that says it could be potential for 2020. But the economy is still strong. There's a lot of really good parts of of this economy that are really strong so 2020 probably not i don't think so but nobody knows and here's the importance when it comes to planning is that you have to plan on being wrong because nobody knows so you have to plan on being wrong and when you are wrong it cannot derail your retirement because we're going to be wrong and then we're going to be wrong again and then we're going to be wrong again and that's okay as long as you plan for it and you don't let it derail your retirement. So when we construct portfolios, we have to construct portfolios 
So that when this recession happens, whether it's next month or next year or five years from now, it's not going to change your lifestyle in retirement. It's not going to make you come out of retirement. It's not going to make you postpone retirement. That's the important part about the recession as it relates to your retirement. And so we're going to cover some of those strategies, what they could look like, how you could work with your retirement planner right now to sort of do some things before the recession. Then we'll talk about what you can do during a recession and what steps you might take after a recession as it pertains to your retirement dreams and goals. So first, Lauren, before the the recession comes, what are the maybe first off some of the questions you should be talking to your retirement planner about or asking yourself about your portfolio? And and, and then I think you're going to cover a couple of strategies. Yeah, well, the first thing I think you need to understand if you're working with an advisor, what type of, of an advisor are you working with? If you're 30 years old, you don't want a retirement planner. If you're 30 years old, you want an accumulation advisor because what you're trying to accomplish buying a house, paying off the house, raising kids, getting kids out of the house, those goals and objectives are completely different than your goals and objectives when you're 55, 60, 65 years old. If you're 50, 55, 60, 65 years old, now you want to work with a retirement planner. So there is a distinction between the accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. So figure out who you're working with. And if you're not working with anybody and you want to work with somebody, then the interview should pertain to what are your areas of specialty. And you need to line it up with where you're at in your life, what phase of life you're in, and what kind of goals and accomplish or things that you're trying to accomplish. And then the question should be all centered around what is it you're trying to accomplish, right? So if you're two years away from retirement, then those questions should be, especially as it relates to this show today, talking about this recession, is how much risk am I taking? How much risk should I be taking? And and risk in real numbers, right? Because I think I've heard you say, you know, not some arbitrary one to 10, you know, which is kind of hard to assess. I might feel like I'm at a six and my husband might look at our investments and think it's an eight. And it's, it's a number that doesn't have a real, you know, outcome associated with it. A, a good a retirement planner will look at it and say, here's what it looks like in real numbers. If, if X happens, here's how your portfolio is affected. That, that's a really important point because this industry is really good at saying on a scale from one to 10, how would you characterize yourself from a risk standpoint? So Rochelle, on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the highest amount of risk, one being the lowest amount of risk, how would you characterize yourself from a risk standpoint? Uh, like a two or a three. <laughs> okay, so let's say, it's, let's say it's a three, or let's say it's two and a half. Yeah. Okay, so right between two and three. Now, Molly and I, we're the retirement planners, and, and a two and a half to us might be completely different than what a two and a half to you is. In fact, a two and a half to me might be different than what a two and a half to Molly is. So it's very subjective, and nobody... Nobody in this room might be on the same page as far as what that two and a half really means. So a better way to talk about that or look at risk is in real numbers, meaning that if you have a $500,000 portfolio, and if that $500,000 portfolio declines by 100000 during the next recession, now how do you feel about that? Realizing nobody really likes to lose money, right. especially $100,000, but when you take risk, then when the markets go down, you're gonna you're gonna be down. It's just a matter of how much and does it derail your retirement. So if you if you understand what that would look like during the recession, now you can more accurately interpret what does that mean to you? Is it gonna change your retirement? Emotionally, are you okay with it? Or is losing a hundred thousand of five hundred thousand too much? And if it is, well, we haven't gone through the next recession yet, so you can do something about it. 
And this is going back to 2008. This was one of the worst parts about us. Most people were taking way more risk than what they knew they were taking, way more risk than what they were comfortable with taking or should be taking. And then when the, the bottom fell out, that's when retirements got hurt. Now, I know that you would never call the families or individuals that you sit down with greedy, but I will because I'm thinking like if I'm 60 right now and the market's been doing so good for so long and maybe I'm heavily invested in the market, I'm loving what I'm getting and I come to you and I say, but Lauren, I want to make money. I don't want to lose any money and I've made so much money in, in the market. Is, it, is, is that a tough conversation for you to say, yeah, I know, I know you've made a lot of money in the market. But well, it's just a natural human tendency, right? Things have been going so good for so long. Portfolios have just been increasing hand over foot. So, it, it, and you just want to continue to participate, right? Things are going good. You just want to continue to participate. So, yeah, we can't we can't get too greedy, and that's why. And our families do a really good job with this, by the way. Uh, and a lot of people we talk to understand because they've been through it time and time and again as well. So most of them understand what really what they're trying to accomplish is let's not blow up when things get crazy and let's get a reasonable return on the upside. So let's beat inflation, let's beat taxation, and then let's grow it a little bit on top of that. So most of our families, that's really what they're shooting for. Um, but you're right, as a country, as a whole, as a human mentality, greed is very easy, uh, easy thing to get in the way of, of reality. Okay, so as we look at uh, here on retiring today, strategies to capitalize on wealth before the recession, something that you and your team talk to people about, Lauren, is dollar cost averaging. Again, this is where Lauren would just love a good chart or a whiteboard, <laughs> Rochelle, but he can do it verbally. I just know he can kind of explain explain the concept and how it can help uh, before a recession. Yeah, so there's a couple different types of math. You guys are going to love this. So. <laughs> yeah, a, a journalist and a graphic artist love math. <laughs> You're yeah, right. It's going to be a really compelling conversation for you guys. <laughs> I'm so, taking notes. I'm telling you right now. There's, there's conventional math. And then in the, in the retirement planning world, there is accumulation math. And then there's retirement math. Dollar cost averaging works really well in the accumulation world as in the, with accumulation math as well as retirement math. But what it is, is, is you're putting in money systematically into investments. So the market, we already know, it goes up and down. Nobody can control it. It just goes up and down. So you're not necessarily worried about timing the market on when it goes up and down. We just know it's going to continue to go up and down. So systematically, every month, every pay period, you're just putting money in. So you're buying some shares of, of stock when the market's up. You're buying some shares of stock when the market's down. And the share price, the average share price as you look at the trend, will be lower typically than if you just put in a lump sum, especially when the market's and up. And are you talking about maybe a 401k right now, yeah. buying inside a 401k? Yeah, because millions of Americans, every single pay period, some of them without really even knowing it, are, are just buying into the market every single pay period. Whether the market's up, market's down, doesn't matter, they're just putting money in. And then the average share price, uh, the idea is that the average share price of what they buy is going to be lower over the course of time. So that's, that's dollar cost averaging on the accumulation side. And that is really powerful, really powerful, because you're not trying to time the market. You're not putting a bunch in all at once, especially in this kind of market where directionally people feel like the market's high. But now we, now we apply this dollar cost averaging principle, reverse it, and now we're in retirement. Okay, so what this means is we're not contributing to our accounts anymore. We're in retirement. We're taking money out of our accounts. And now we're going through this next recession. So we need, let's say we need $18,000 a year. 
in income from our investments. We have some social security, might have a pension. So just from our investments, we need $18,000 for a year per year. If we're taking $18,000 out of our $500,000 portfolio and the market drops, so the $500,000 portfolio lost 100, now it's to 400. Now the percentage that we're taking out is much greater than what it was at a $500,000 portfolio, which means that the portfolio will decrease not only because of the market depreciation, but also because we're taking out, which means that $500,000 is not going to last all that, all that much longer. And that's how retirement math really can hurt people. So the dollar cost averaging, when you're in the accumulation world, it helps because you're just putting money in regardless. But when you flip that around in retirement, you need an income to live on. You're just taking money out regardless in a down market that can really exasperate the losses in your, in your portfolio. So Lauren, somebody listening might be thinking, well, that was my plan. That's what I'm doing now, or that's what I had planned to do. A retirement planner will do what? Kind of take some of that money and put it in something a little more guaranteed and, and so that you don't lose a portion of the money. There's some portfolio and income strategies that you can incorporate. There's two, there's two uh, types of strategies that can work really well. One's the bucket strategy which means you have different, you have a piece of your portfolio in this bucket, which is invested differently. It's, let's say it's guaranteed and you can't lose. You have a piece of your portfolio that's invested in this other bucket, which is now not guaranteed. It's at risk, but it's more conservative risk. Then you have another piece that's more moderate risk, another piece that's kind of your high flyers. It's the sprinkles on the ice cream, right? So that's where you're really taking a lot of your risk. So you're going to take the income initially in retirement from the guaranteed or maybe a, a com combination of the guaranteed and the conservative. So this market explodes or implodes, I guess. <laughs> the guaranteed isn't going to be impacted by it. So you're taking money from your guaranteed bucket or your conservative bucket that was impacted very little. So it's that, that whole phenomenon that I just explained on the, in retirement, taking money out. You're still taking money out. You're still getting your income, but you have your assets that really fluctuated, that really went down, that you're not touching. Right? You're not selling that to produce an income. So when we the recession goes away, you're going to let those, those accounts go back up. And then what you do is you have the overflow strategy working with a bucket strategy where as you need to replenish the guaranteed or the conservative buckets, you replenish it from those other buckets uh, in, in when, the, when the market does is doing better and they're not down. Okay, so the recession hits. What should I be talking to my retirement planner about or maybe even doing when the recession hits with a portfolio? When the recession hits, now it's, it's plan implementation. So you've already, hopefully you've already had the plan in place, right? This recession isn't going to be a surprise. The exact timing might be a surprise for a lot of us, but it's not going to be a surprise. It's going to happen. So now it's a matter of executing the plan you already have in place and whether that includes an income stream or doesn't include an income stream. So like, as an example, can I see some... Confused faces over there. So what? What? Here's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Never, Lauren. No. So one plan that we're implementing a lot right now is taking some profits. The market's been up for 11 years. A lot of people have some profits. Taking some profits off the table, putting it into a conservative or a guaranteed type structure, where we know when this recession hits, it's not going to lose. When the recession hits, then we're going to dollar cost average. So here's how you can dollar cost average and take advantage of that even in retirement. We're going to take a piece out of the guaranteed and put it back into the market and buy low, right? At another point in time, we're going to take another piece out of the guaranteed, put it back in the market and buy low. Everybody always tells us how you make money in the market is buy low, sell high. It's just very few people do it. They just ride that market roller coaster. 
Sure. Right? So when this, you're accumulating, probably fine to, to employ that strategy. Yeah. But, but this is a strategy you can implement to not only not fear this next recession because you have a good piece of your portfolio that's guaranteed and won't be impacted by it, but you can also take advantage of it because you can put take money from the guarantee that wasn't impacted by it and put it back in and buy low. And you can do that multiple times throughout the course of your retirement because, again, on average, recessions happen every five and a half years. So that's one of the strategies that we're implementing right now. So Molly, when the recession hits, that's part of our execution plan. Now we need to actually execute on it. Take a piece out, put it back in, buy low. Take a piece out, put it back in, buy low. And I've got to imagine that having a strategy before the recession hits really helps with the the kind of anxiety, the emotional part of investing. I mean, you know, after doing this so many times, it, it can be an emotional process to discuss finances, to talk about your legacy, to to be, you know, looking at your spouse and saying, what do you think? So taking any of the emotions out of, of these processes is probably really helpful for families. As much as you can. And that's part of the value of a retirement planner is, is you can lean on the retirement planner to help take some of that emotion out. Um, but also having that plan in place can do that. So when this recession hits, you know, we're going to be communicating with our families like we have never before because they're going to need us. Even though we have the plans in place, we're expecting it. We know it's going to happen at some point. We have a plan of attack. The emotional part does creep in. And even though that that plan of attack is crystal clear for us, because this is what we do every single day, you know, when they, when they leave our office after discussing the plan, they're probably not thinking about it, at least in detail, for maybe the next time, right? So the, a lot of the details do escape them. Right, because life goes on. They have to continue on with whatever whatever they're doing. That's right, and that's why they entrusted us as well, right? That's They just want to know that we have a plan, we know what we're doing, we have a plan, and, and there's a plan of attack for when it, when it happens. What about all the pre-retirees and retirees that don't have us, Merkle Retirement Planning? What, what about them for a recession? Yeah, well, um, hopefully they have somebody on their side that is doing the retirement planning. Uh, a retirement planner who specializes in retirement planning is absolutely essential. So hopefully they have somebody, they have a plan of attack in place if they don't and you don't feel, so if you don't have a retirement planner or you don't have a plan in place, then find one, find one and talk about these types of issues and ask them these questions. So Molly, this is going back to the questions that you asked, ask them about how am I positioned now? What would happen to my portfolio when the recession happens? And what would be your idea of a plan of attack to take advantage of it? Not only not fear it, but take advantage of it. And then uh, once you feel comfortable with who you found, make sure you implement that plan. So speaking of taking advantage of it, the this involvement with families and individuals doesn't stop when the recession stops. There are some steps you can take after a recession to really kind of maximize your portfolio. Yeah, most definitely. And this is if, if it's done right. So you have a plan of attack before you implement the plan and then you execute on the plan during now the post recession is where you really get to see your work come to fruition, right? This is where you really get to see the benefit of your work. So it's post-recession is where you get to sit back and kind of say, yep, I, I prepared for it. I implemented the plan prior. I executed the plan during. And now this is, we're seeing the fruits of the labor post, post-recession. And then there's going to be going to need to be, just like through any of these, there's going to need to be some reorganization, some analysis on how the plan's going, how the execution of the plan's going, and making some tweaks along the way. So predominantly, most of that work is done prior and then during. Okay, guys, is there anything else you want to ask my crystal ball before we uh, 
wrap this puppy up. Anybody got a question for the crystal ball? Mm. Nothing, Nothing, Michelle? I I caught so. him off guard. See, I like doing that. I kind of like catching <laughs> him off guard. And then I'm just silent. <laughs> so I've been talking this whole time, and now he asked me one question, what, I'm done. Well, <laughs> let's see. Lauren would ask, would the Bears, would the Chicago Bears go to the Super Bowl? Ooh, I like it. Uh, the Chicago Bears, are they going to the Super Bowl? I'm rubbing the crystal ball. Super Bowl ball. 2020? Yeah. And my reply is no. <laughs> this crystal ball is pretty accurate. I'm just saying. We need to scrap that thing. <laughs> we need to bring out the eight ball. So today's episode of Retiring Today guiding you to and through retirement has been about building a recession proof recession recession resistant that is retirement and Lauren let's quickly go through kind of the takeaways the action steps the listeners can take right now today if they've heard information that they uh, that they want to act on and the first one is to get an evaluation yeah the best thing is just evaluate where you're at right now how poised are you to either benefit from the recession when it happens or to really be hurt by the recession so take, take, do the evaluation. If you don't have anybody on your team, find somebody, interview somebody. The retirement planning is not for novices. You can get through the accumulation years by yourself um, if, if you want to, but the retirement planning, there's so much more that goes into it. So, so find somebody you trust who specializes in retirement planning, do the evaluation, figure out how much risk you're taking. Is it appropriate? Do you need to take more? Do you need to take less? and implement a plan for when the recession happens. Yeah, takeaway two is implement a plan. And then the third one would be take advantage of the opportunities. A recession, no, it's not a great thing, but there are some strategies that you can be taking during, before, during, and after a recession that can benefit you. When it comes time to building wealth, the best time to do it is to buy low. In a recession or a correction or a bear market, those are all opportunities to buy low. And this is all part of your planning. So put, put the plan in place to take advantage of these opportunities to buy low. Don't get beat up by them and then take advantage of it. Okay, we want to tell you about a few more resources. We've got a website that we think you should check out. It's MerkelPlan.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Plan.com, MerkelPlan.com. You said that's German? No, Germ did you say it's German, Merkel? Ingla Merkel. In it was the chancellor of Germany. She spells it M-E-R-K-E-L. She spells it wrong. So M-E-R-K-L-E is, is your Merkel. Spell. So when, when the family came over on the boat, they probably messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> Merkelplan.com. Great resources there. And then we've got a YouTube page. What's that YouTube page, Lauren? Merkel Retirement Planning. YouTube. Merkel <laughs> <laughs> Retirement Planning. You can find great resources there. We put together video that uh, you'll get to see Lauren in his famous curves and grass. Well, not his curves. curves. Wait, hold on. Where are you going? That didn't go his famous, famous curves. curves. They are infamous, actually. I've his been working curves. on my biceps. <laughs> you'll get to see Lauren he, with his graphics and his interactive board that he likes to show and use in the Passport to Retirement classes, too. So it'll give you an idea what it looks like to learn more about these things. Also, we ask you to subscribe to this podcast. It's Retiring Today, guiding you to and through retirement. Thanks for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.